Welcome back to another episode of the Muff Punt Podcast. My name is Brandon, and this week we have the uh, the whole crew in the house. Like I said, we're just going to make it official. We got Paul and Terry here, and uh, we got quite the schedule to go through. We got a lot of NFL news that have, uh, has happened over the last couple of weeks. We're only, like, what, less than two weeks out from the start of uh, preseason? It sounds, it sounds right, because of the Hall of Fame game, I think, is a week right yeah, so yeah. we're we're definitely getting into the uh, mix, getting ready to start off for the ramp up into the next the next NFL season. How are you guys feeling? You guys excited? I'm I'm very excited for the season. I, I really am. And if I could just say that HBO finally decided on on what team they're going to cover in Hard Knocks, and it's the Cowboys. I mean, if there's one thing I need in my life, it's more Cowboys time. I thought yeah. we I thought they said it was going to be somebody else's. How did it get to be the Cowboys? They were one of the eligible teams, and uh, oh wow, they, they Jerry Jones paid somebody crew. else. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We should do a muff punt podcast breakdown of every episode each week. We should sit down and we should do a retrospective. And we sit down and we just we we really we we notch this thing out. We figure out what's going on with that Cowboys uh, organization. <laughs> oh baby, I don't I don't think there's enough time. Can we do a blindfold that I can't watch? <laughs> I mean, I, I I love the Hard Knocks series. It's such a it's such a great show and like so well produced by HBO. But it's gonna it's gonna be painful to have to watch the Cowboys. But I guess it will give uh, you know Eagles a little enemy intel. Get to see what they're doing. I'm know. just looking I mean, forward to those Lieb Schreiber uh, voiceovers. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> yeah. they're calming. They are. It, yeah. It's nice to know that that once Morgan Freeman passes away, we it looks like we've got someone to take the torch on documentaries and docu series. That's right. Today is a damn fine day for some football. <laughs> <laughs> thing about All right. Lee Shri- is it just me or when he talks like on Hard Knocks, he has a different voice than when he's in. It's movies, not the right? same dude. Like, they're, they're no. not the same guy. No, that's what not I Ray, picture. That's not Ray Donovan. No, that's not Ray Donovan at all. What I picture is him. He like becomes that guy from NFL films when we were all kids. You remember those movies we used to watch when we were little kids? And like we brought up before Terry, like those big hits videos and stuff that that we saw when we were younger. And there was always that guy with that amazing voice and the amazing music. And that's what like it's like he embodies the soul of that guy and becomes that person. Oh, did, I don't know how uh, he does it. Harry Callis used to do that for he used to work for NFL films for quite a few years. So he did a lot of, of stuff, too. Yeah. Harry Callis is the man. Like, yeah, absolutely. That was hands down one of the best back back to the wall. It's out of here. <laughs> yeah, just one of the most recognizable voices in like sports. You know, I mean, even people outside of Philly knew who knew who exactly who he was every time you heard him. That's so depressing, and now we're we're straddled with Joe Buck for two sports. Like, what the <sighs> hell happened? It is it has gone downhill. I I think, and I don't. We 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 joke a lot about nepotism on this show, and I kind of feel like maybe that's the biggest issue I have with Joe Buck. But I don't know. It's like the guy who rides the coattails of his uh, famous father. But I I really I I don't. Do you guys think it's that, or do you just think it's the fact that he just does such a poor job behind the mic? I think he's terrible behind the mic. I. I I don't care how people get their jobs. I mean, like, would would we know who Ken Griffey Jr. was if there was no Ken, Ken Griffey Sr.? No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, I, I don't have a problem with nepotism when you can perform, but 
Joe Buck is just so bad. I think the only I think it's because his voice is pretty recognizable, um, you know. But not in a good I, way. I just don't like the way he calls a game. It just, no, it, it it just it feels ugh, like there's something not. You're supposed to feel good when you're watching your team on a national stage. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't want to, you know, jump to your TV and punch the play the announcer in the face. <laughs> but um, it, it's tough. He just he just gets on my nerves. Like just some of the little little digs too that he gets in, and he does it to like the Eagles, but he does it to a lot of teams too. Little like backhanded comments that are like subtle. Whatever. It must be nice. Nepotism. That's the dream. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of Step Brothers when uh, John C. Riley's like, oh, yeah, I'm going into the family business. I'm going to be a doctor. It's who you know. <laughs> well, we wanted to kick off everything this week with the topic of the Packers because Lord knows we chat a lot about the Eagles on the show. So we wanted to give Paul a little time to shine. And uh, we've heard there might be some, uh, shall we say, familiar faces heading back to the big green. What's going on there, Paul? Yeah, it's good news. So we have a new highest paid cheerleader in the history of the NFL with Randall Cobb coming back to the Packers. Seven million for the year. And I don't know what they had to give up to, to get him, but I guess this is what Aaron Rodgers wanted. And I mean, Randall Cobb, I don't think he's played a full season since like 2015. So I don't quite understand this at all. It, it, it hurts a little bit to know that we're paying $7 million for someone who is well beyond his years. It's depressing. Is it a one-year deal? It, it's the last year remaining on his deal because it's the third year of the three for 21 that he signed. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think it was with Dallas that he initially signed it, and then he went to the Texans, and now he's coming to the Packers. And... 21 million and over three years. I don't know if he's going to play 21 games. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm kind of surprised. Contract. Yeah, that's true. But I'm a <laughs> little surprised. Fair. I thought you'd be happy to have a little more support for him, but it just sounds like you don't feel like he's going to get through like more than seven games. Maybe everybody and everybody always says the biggest ability in the NFL is availability. And that's something that Randall just doesn't have. Not over the last four years. I just remember seeing him on the sideline and street clothes, watching a lot of games. So, Randall aside, it sounds like the big dog's back in the house. What's going on in that situation? Yeah, he just signed his contract today. Uh, it voids the last year of his deal. The Packers can't recoup any of the signing bonus for the prorated thing, so he's getting all the money that he had coming to him uh, that was guaranteed without any repercussions, but this is the last year he's going to be with the Packers and then it sets him up for free agency next year. So he's, he's back for a one year rental unless the Packers really show off to him and convince him to stay. But I'm pretty sure he's gone after this year. And uh, I, 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 he said he mulled retirement over. I really wish he would have just retired. He wasn't going to retire though. There was no way he was going to leave that much money on, on the table. So he's back. He'll be here for a year. And then and then it'll be weird because I won't have an all-pro quarterback anymore. So I'll join you guys as like regular football fans with shitty quarterbacks. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, Welcome to the I'm, club, my friend. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm not excited. It's like my, my entire NFL is like up in flames. 
I, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. Regular It'll quarterback be, play. What's that? You get those flashes of brilliance, like uh, Saint Nick, and then you're like, "Oh my God, I got a real quarterback!" <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, shortly thereafter, you scare the only other one you have left out of town, and and then now he's playing for another team. So yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. did you like? Uh, did you like Rogers? Is uh kind of a festivus airing of the grievances <laughs> at his press, press conference. <laughs> that is the perfect way to put it. The airing of the grievances. That is fantastic. I love the Seinfeld reference, bro. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about that when I saw, cause he was, man, he was just, he's just digging into the organization, you know, like, Oh, like he's just like hates everything that they've, they've done, you know? And he, he even, I mean, he called out everybody that they kind of just, you know, just got, got the hell out of there you know i mean some of those guys i think it's it's probably justified but i think you know he was pretty he was pretty pissed at a bunch of his boys just kind of got cut loose like that without kind of having at least a, a little bit of say so you know have you ever seen anybody just shit on their employer on national tv for 20 minutes and have no repercussions <laughs> like and then have a the bunch of people time. be like that was good I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's we're just, just we're just glad he's back with the team. Yeah, yeah. Like wow. I couldn't imagine stepping up there and then crapping all over my employer for all that time, then everybody not being like, "Yeah, he had it coming." <laughs> <laughs> he got the he got to live out everybody everybody's everybody's uh you know small like uh, dream of of doing that to your to your. <laughs> boss or corporation type of thing that is the dream that is the dream but no i'm not looking forward to it i i was secretly kind of hoping that they were gonna flip rogers for watson (laughs) and uh i'd rather deal with that situation i think (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he would never go for that he would never go to houston he'd never have a chance he has no stay he doesn't have a no trade clause he has no say I would be curious to see how long he would last behind that little of an offensive line because his shoulder, uh, I would imagine, couldn't be able to hold up to that poor of a line. I don't know. I I wanted Watson or I wanted him to get traded to just the armpit of the league, wherever. I can't even think of who is the absolute worst right now. I don't know. Maybe Jacksonville and then have Trevor Lawrence learn from him and and then he just dies and – fades into the background maybe the vikings you're a dick (laughs) (laughs) take the brett Favre route Uh. if he's going the brett Favre route then he's got to make a stop out in new york and play for the jets and and uh i don't know sexually harass some reporters or something for a little while (laughs) oh i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) uh some that was like dms back in the days before dms (laughs) 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 yeah so uh so in packer land it seems like it's uh moderately good news shall we say i i think that I think you've you've got a pretty healthy mix of people who are really upset with Rodgers and just want to see him gone because of all the drama. But then I think you've got a lot of people who don't pay as much attention to the off-season noise that are just going to be thrilled to have him back. And as far as name recognition goes, I mean, there's some fans out there who are, I mean, just everyday fans don't pay as much attention or get into as much depth or detail as we do. Um that they're going to see Randall Cobb and be like, hey, he's back. That's awesome. And 
So I, I think they did a lot of good stuff for PR, but I I don't think that they did anything to really improve the roster. I've already seen the Randall Cobb highlight videos hitting YouTube. What? what? <laughs> I was curious what your reaction was going to be to that. Yeah, I'm dead serious. Before we got started, I saw two different uh, Randall Cobb highlight videos of like Welcome Home uh, videos. Wow. Yeah, for the Packers. Yeah, was, his, was his last highlight from like 2014? You know what? I didn't finish the video. <laughs> it was like eight minutes long. I got oh, through. I mean, come on. That's a lot of long time for highlights. I uh, a lot of it ended up being kick returns, which I wasn't expecting. I uh, but a lot of it was kick returns. He had the one that was pretty nice. He did like a barrel roll over the guy's back and it was like his rookie, his first game, I think, with the Packers. So I'll never forget his first game. That was fantastic. He he returned it 109 yards for a touchdown on the opening kickoff. And then he got to the sidelines and got yelled at by the coaches for taking it out of the end zone. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was really deep in the end zone. Yeah, that was that was amazing. That is one of my favorite plays. And I, I think probably the only one aside from Brett Favre where I can name their first play with the Packers. <laughs> Um, Favre's first play to the Packers was a, a batted ball back. So his first completion was to himself in a Packers uniform. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I think it was that. And then I was the, uh, the Hail Mary to Cobb in the back of the end zone. Okay. Yeah. Those are the two more notable ones. I was thinking about having it for you for the podcast, but then I was like, ah, I don't really know. He's never really seemed all that emotionally attached to Randall Cobb. So <laughs> I try not to let myself get emotionally attached to athletes. <laughs> they just break your heart. That's true. Same yeah. as politicians. I'll move on. <laughs> All right, Paul. So we made a list before the show. What was the next item on the list? You're going to be the bearer of topics for this episode. Yeah. So we got Deshaun Watson. He reported to camp after uh, saying he was going to hold out, but he didn't want to get fined. Smart. Don't mess with your money. Um, but he showed up and Last Friday, his personal trainer was interviewed. Um, I forget by who. I think it was someone on ESPN. And they were saying that they thought by Sunday, this last Sunday, that Deshaun was going to be traded. And the Texans have said that they're open to trading him. They said that they don't plan on him being on the roster, so they don't want him to take any snaps away from the person that they see as being their first string this year so they can get all, all of the practice that they can. So Deshaun is, is back in a Texan jersey, but we don't know for how long. That's an interesting one. What do you think, uh, Terry? Do you think that, because it's, I mean, the big thing is the Eagles have the picks to go get them. Do you think that, that might happen? Yeah, I mean, the, the rumors the rumors have been swirling uh, all, over the, all over the internet um, about it. But I honestly don't know, like the with the Eagles cap situation, I don't know how they would be able to make it work for this season. I mean, they would have to trade a guy with a, you know, like a like a Fletcher Cox would have to be involved in the deal. I feel like to make the contract and the cap stuff work out. I feel like they'd they'd have to do that, but they also have to make sure it's someone who doesn't have any dead money on the back end of his deal. I don't know. I mean, it would. I mean, all the it, legal all the legal stuff aside. It'd be a it'd be an amazing trade to get him. He's only twenty five. He's been the three Pro Bowls. I mean, just the you know the types of plays you know plays he's made on the field so far would be great. I don't 
if I if I was Howie, I don't I don't know that that's a hard that's a hard move to be able to make with there still being so many unsettled issues and stuff that are still out there. You know, you could trade for him, and then you might not have him next season. Could you trade you, for him knowing he's going to be on like the commissioner's exempt list and maybe not getting paid, and then you well, don't, they, and then you they, could like wait till next year. But they said that the fact that he's not on the commissioner's exempt list right now indicates that they don't have enough uh, enough to bring against him to warrant anything that they believe will come up in this season. That's uh, why a- that's why the rumors are hot. But I mean. The Eagles, the Dolphins, I think, was another another uh, name that was out there. And yeah, for Tua and some picks or something. Um, there, there's another team that I heard as well that's um, – So, Terry, the other team. Terry, you said that you've seen some stuff about the Eagles possibly going to get them. Have they gone into detail? Because, I mean, you brought I mean, up it's the all, cap number. Everything's all speculation. But, like, I mean, people were just talking about what would it take to get to get them. Like, and people were saying, like, you know, you know, both first-round picks, you know, you'd have to give – they're, they're going to want at least two starters. So, like, people were speculating, like, you know, Fletcher Cox, because of the contract that he has, the money would kind of – maybe even out a little bit. Um, then it's, they said you might have to throw in a guy like the Goddard or. Um, Does Ertz have a lot of not, money on his deal? Ertz, is, Ertz has, uh, he's making like 8 million bucks this year. So that's why they haven't been able to move him. Um, and, you know, if, if they, if they cut him, he's just going to go, he's going to go sign wherever he wants, but he's not going to get 8 million bucks. And the Eagles are apparently they, from everything I read, they want, they want it at least at minimum a fourth rounder for him. And mm-hmm. some people have even speculated they wanted a third rounder for him. So I think they're waiting. They're just waiting on him to see if someone gets hurt across the league where they can make a last minute deal and maybe mm-hmm. kind of push that. But I don't know if the Texans would want to, would want to take him on for one year when he's going to walk anyway. Um, you know, that's why they were saying Goddard because Goddard, they could sign him and they could extend him and keep him. you know, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I personally would love to have them, but I wouldn't make the move until I knew, you know, kind of what, what was going to happen, but you might so have to do it now a, or you're never going to get the chance. Obviously he's a talent and I've heard that they're going to be lucky to get like 60 cents on the dollar on him right now because of all the pending stuff. But as a fan, do you want someone with that many distractions? Cause I mean, he's got 22 unsettled lawsuits and they're all civil so, I mean, civil lawsuits are much different than the legal ones that come from broken laws and all that. So there, there's a lot that can happen. Do you, are you open to having the distraction there for the team? Because it seems like you guys have spent the last at least two years kind of really under a lot of uh, somewhat of distractions, I guess you could say. I mean, because of everything that went on with with Carson. (laughs) The quarterback distraction drama (laughs) continues in Philadelphia. Right? You got BDN for a little while. And so, I mean, you've had a lot of distractions there. Is it worth it, you think, to go get them? I mean, talent-wise, yes. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, There's there's still – we're still sitting here today, and we don't know – you know, we don't know – who Jalen Hurts is either. So we have a relative unknown, you know, from 
everybody thinks he he could have a chance to be pretty good, but we don't know that. We've only gotten to see, uh, you know, four game snippet of what he can do, and he looked really good in one, of one and a half of the games. And <laughs> he looked average or below average in the rest of it, but you know, he also got yanked in half in half of a game. You know, when he was still trying. That was to, kind of know, BS, win, but yeah. But, um, but. I mean, him, I mean, so he would obviously have to probably be part of the deal as well, because then that gives them at least the opportunity to see, you know, if he can still play too. I think they did draft somebody, but I don't think he's quite as uh, highly touted as Hertz Hertz is. Um, I, if I were the Eagles, and I know they have Tyron Taylor, I think is is there like kind of a plan B at this point, but I, I love to rod Taylor. I always have, I mean, <laughs> but he, I mean, you know, he's, a, he's a stop gap. They would want oh, yeah, to 100%. see what they would want to see. I mean, what hurts if hurts ended up could beat him out for the job. That would be ideal, but I don't know. I, I personally wouldn't like the distraction, but the talent is just so appealing. Cause you know how, I mean, we instantly, people would stop talking about us being the bottom of the division and we would be in talks to be winning the division at that point, even with our defensive issues, just He's, because of his talent. He would immediately the, be the best quarterback in the division immediately. And then you would, he would be able to have that connection with the, shut the fuck up. Damn it, Paul. Jordan Love is coming for you, buddy. That's a dick move. That's a dick move. I didn't come after your team. I don't I don't know, but I definitely think the Eagles have the best chance of getting them. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I still think they're gonna they're gonna have to give up a lot to get them. Yeah. All right. So next we've got Zach Wilson here. Uh just a, a quick little note. He did sign his rookie deal. Uh from from what the reports are saying, they wanted to put all his guaranteed money in the last two years of the contract. So if he did poorly, they wouldn't be on the hook for the money. So apparently we are the insiders for the New York Jets because we've been saying that for months. <laughs> <laughs> They've been listening to the podcast. They heard us talking about them, breaking them down. They're like, damn it, we should have watched these guys before the track. <laughs> How do we miss them? <laughs> you know, we had a subscriber a few weeks back, Douglas something. I might be Joe Douglas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, KB got burner accounts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like all the Colangelos. Uh, what was that guy from the 76ers? Yeah, he had like three burner accounts of his own. His wife had two. Like they were they were all over Twitter, like sneaking oh, around. Crazy. So yeah, Zach Wilson will be around. He was the last first rounder to sign his deal. But he is here to play. It seemed like uh, for a couple of days the Jets were a little worried they might not get the deal done. Like there were some reports, some back and forth that it seemed like things were getting pretty contentious. I wonder if his mom picked up the phone and called under Schiff and had something to say about it. Well, there's no way he did it on his own. Come on. He doesn't know the big words to you. What's a contract? Come on. They had a, a competing offer with Disney Plus. They were gonna give him a, a they were gonna give him a little series about being a little high school football quarterback. Yeah, he was going to play a young Zach Efron. <laughs> they were going to reboot Friday Night Lights. <laughs> uh, all right, 
Zach's, and Zach's mom close. was going to play the coach's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I that, might, that might be an HBO Max show. Not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, I thought it <laughs> suddenly became varsity blues and I didn't even mean it. <laughs> uh, all right, now we're going to get back to the Eagles and close it out there. So we've got some news about Devontae Smith. Uh, Terry, what you got for us on Devontae? Well, so far uh, we heard well, day one, uh, apparently the Eagles, you know, practice was only like an hour and an hour and like 15 minutes or so, but. We had uh, we had some red an zone hour work. and fifteen minutes. Terry, did you ever have a practice that was an hour and fifteen minutes? Never. We Never. spent more time in the weight room after I mean, our practices. I think our I think our, I think our walkthroughs were longer than an hour and fifteen minutes. But you know the CBA, they, you know these these guys get that that first week's kind of like they're just uh, cruising for the first week. But you know no pads and stuff. But no no more two a days either. I mean. I mean, I we did three a days in, when I was in high school, and we were all like dead after practice. They're so like dragging people off the field, but you know, this is the, the they want they don't want anybody getting hurt. They don't want to lose any star power. So I I, I get it, but um, once but this, a year, once a year, like uh, the first day of full pads practice that we had, our coach would have the fire department come down. And then they would spray their big hose on top of the truck at us and just soak us all down because we had just practiced for like seven hours out in the sun and like our, our color was dark green. So like it was, it was hot. That was always one of the best days. Yeah. We had the, we had Navy, Navy, uh, Navy blue jerseys and helmets, actually white helmets and Navy blue jerseys. And then we went to Navy helmets later, but. We, we yeah. had dark we had dark green helmets and then white face masks so there you go you you come <laughs> you come to practice and then like halfway through the season it looks like you're in a middle schooler's room <laughs> and just the helmets are not clean anymore they've got all these white streaks all over them like what just happened <laughs> yeah we didn't we, there was no there was no equipment managers i mean they basically made sure that this shit got on your head yeah, does it still stay on on there? Get him a new chin strap. Get back out there. Face mask is half falling off. Yeah, it's different now, but yeah. So we had we had the first day of practice for the Eagles, and they said there were some pretty good uh, pretty good battles uh, between Darius Slay and um, Devontae Smith. Which for you know for the most part, it seemed like uh, Darius Slay gave him that welcome you know welcome to the NFL uh, rookie moments. Uh, apparently, on the first the the there was a red zone drill they were matched up one-on-one in the first one uh they said slay just completely shut him down didn't he didn't have a chance to make the play uh they said on the second one they said Devonte did did make a, a decent play on the ball but he actually he actually dropped it um he did end up getting a touchdown uh they said against uh steven nelson on the other side uh so he got his first touchdown in you know, in practice. And then apparently from today, I heard that he, uh, him and Hertz connected on a, a 40 yard bomb. That was apparently a pretty great, pretty great throw and catch. Um, so um, the, the excitement with, for him is real um, from everything that I've seen on his, uh, um, you know, heard, heard from about him so far leading up to camp. And then like just the last two days, everybody seems to, at least all the, the Philadelphia, you know, beat writers and everybody seemed to feel like that 
they they got the right guy. So I'm I'm super excited to see what he can do. Obviously, you know, you know the trigger man and Hertz is the most important though. We gotta we gotta see how he progresses. They said he had a terrible first first practice, and um, they said he was like five for five for fifteen, and he got picked off. And um, I didn't hear about how he how he did today, but you know it's still early on. Uh, still learning a new offense, a new system. So you know there's there's got to be a little a little bit of uh, you know time there. But I'm I'm hopeful. I'm excited. I'm excited to see this. You know this is kind of a turning over a new leaf for the Eagles. Um, so I did gonna hear be, it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting preseason to see what happens and then see how they see how they do this year. Uh, they they could, I feel like the they could be really bad. They could be deep. They could be okay. I mean, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, though. That may be an I, outside chance. I did hear practices have been. I know we're super early, but I've heard practices have already been a bit more physical than what Dougie P had ever. Uh, brought to the table and some people feel like that might lead to some better Eagles football because they said that uh, I guess Dougie P was notoriously uh, pretty light on them when it came to actually hitting in practice and all that fun stuff so I don't know did you guys feel like that was important when you guys played it's I mean you're playing at a different level when you're playing in the NFL I think you're you're kind of trying to preserve your body a little bit more so I understand not hitting as much in in practice, uh, there was a, I forget the coach's name, but there was a coach. He coached a division three school of Mount union. Um, they won, I think it was like eight national championships over his tenure there. And as soon as the season started, they never had a full pads practice. So it was always shoulder pads and helmets because he just wanted to refine what everybody was doing. Look uh, your fundamentals, make sure you're in the right position. And, and when you're playing at a, a lower level, a lot, can come from that so I don't, I don't think that you necessarily need the big hits I think the big hits now just lead to players getting injured because players are bigger and hit a lot harder for the most part I mean of course you've got those oddballs back like Ronnie Lott who could just lay you out and and everything but I feel like the overall talent in the league is a lot higher than than what it was 15 20 years ago so I'm all about less hits because that's going to prolong the the career yeah, i saw a lot of uh keyboard warriors in the comment section saying that like if you get more hits in practice it like gets through gets you through the soft tissue injuries a little bit more so that you're not having these like naggy things during the season it was like the weirdest like take to have on it so i was just curious where you guys were going with that because it's like do you feel like having contact would make you stronger for the season or do you feel like having contact would make you weaker inevitably for the season i feel like if you have more contact there's a higher likelihood of you getting injured exactly i I feel like it's all about placement if you can if you can know on the field exactly where you're supposed to be then you're doing everything except delivering the hit so as long as you go through your fundamentals and you know how to hit then there's no reason to put your body through the extra hits. I, it's funny. My coach, like I think it was my freshman coach, said exactly that. That oh, gotta gotta get through these soft tissue injuries. So I need you guys to hit more. So I, I've heard that exact quote before. Are you are you injured or are you hurt? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Uh-huh. You know, yep. I, I I think I think oh, like if for the NFL, it's it doesn't make a lot of sense to do like big hitting drills for sure. Um, I mean. 
you know, sure you want to wake up the pads, get the rust off a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe pop a, pop a guy, but you don't want to, you don't want to continuously do that. Cause like you said, it's just going to end up in injuries, but I do like, um, as far as, you know, Sirianni has been like preaching a lot of competition, even amongst like the veterans and stuff. But I feel like competition at this level is good, especially with the way that the Eagles roster is kind of built right now, where you have, you have some veterans and you have like young guys. So I feel like the, the competing is kind of like a learning experience for, for everybody, you know, kind of like younger guys can learn from the veterans, you know, the, the, the veterans are, you know, maybe getting pushed a little bit by these, these incoming guys. So I think that'll, that'll help with, with that. But as, as far as the hitting is concerned, I mean, not at that, not at that level, you know, in, in like a, in like a high school setting, I feel like you probably have to hit a little bit more to see what players you have, like what, what they can actually do, <laughs> who can actually tackle a running back versus who's going to get there and just, just try and grab their, 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 their feet, <laughs> they're not, not wrap up or, you know, or they're just going to get straight run over, you know, but you have to kind of see who you have on that level before you can make an assessment. But yeah, just too much, too much hard hitting is just going to end up in, uh, you know, injuries and concussions and that you don't want that. The NFL, they, they care so much about concussions. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. And then uh, lastly here, when it comes to personnel in NFL, you guys picked up a new cornerback. You got a number two behind Darius, it looks like, and Steven Nelson. How are you guys liking him? I'm pretty thrilled. <laughs> That's all I really need to say about it. <laughs> We've needed to fill that position for a long time. That and linebacker has been like our biggest weaknesses, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm happy they're addressing it in some way. I feel like now we can move Maddox into the slot where I feel like he really belongs, and I feel like that would be a, a great thing for them. What about you, Terry? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's it's a he's a solid he's a solid second corner. I mean, it's I feel like it's going to make Slay it's going to make Slay better. He's not going to have to travel around like he did last year, following around you know the best the best receiver. He's just going to be able to stay on the right and play the guy that's on the right. Nelson can can stick with the guy on the left. You know, he's not the he's not the best, you know, corner, but he is I mean, you know, he's he's pretty he's pretty solid. So I feel like we can feel comfortable with him on the other on the other side. And it definitely fills, you know, a massive, you know, hole in the roster that we had because Avante Maddox is is a pretty good uh nickel slot corner, but he is he is absolutely not able to play on the outside i mean he got absolutely torched last year and he every time he was out there he just looked terrible and um you know we're, we're trying to <laughs> you know we're, we're we don't have you know super high expectations from this for this season but we are trying to see an improvement in the overall team and and um you know i also like the fact that it's a a one-year prove it deal that's kind of, you know, a little more incentive laden. I think he maxes out at 4 million. So, you know, if he is a, if he does play up, you know, I mean, think he had a pretty good season statistically like two years ago. So if he, if he plays up to his potential and, you know, maybe shows us a little something more than we've seen, you know, maybe he's a, he's not, he's not old. So maybe he's somebody that they might, you know, resign on a, you know, maybe like a three-year deal and keep around for a little while. So I, I like it. 
I think it, it was definitely needed. We had we had the the depth at the secondary was, you know, super thin. One injury and it would have been, you know, a rookie or an undrafted guy that was going to end up being your starter. So. All right. So we've got some college news. And since that's basically the feeder for the NFL, we thought we'd kind of touch on that. Uh, got some big things coming over the last couple of weeks. We got conference realignment. Uh, so it looks like the big 12 that actually had 10 teams is going to be the big eight, but still called the big 12 because they're going to try to recruit some other teams. But today, Oklahoma and Texas officially got their invitations from the SEC it was unanimous, all 14 schools. So it looked like Texas A&M was going to hold out and say that they wanted to be the only Texas team and, and vote no. But it was unanimous. All 14 teams voted to, to invite both of them. Um, so it looks like at some point soon, at least the SEC is expanding. There's also news that uh, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington have contacted the Big Ten, which currently has 14 teams. <laughs> but still called the Big Ten for some reason, that they have contacted them about trying to join in. Um, it's also been touched on that Kansas and Iowa State have been um, schools that Barry Alvarez has been looking into to take from the Big 12. Uh, Notre Dame is another one that's kind of been looked at. The Big 12 is also going it looks like to file what a lawsuit against ESPN because ESPN was saying that, uh, Hey, other conferences should come get these other big teams and, and add them in. So the big 12 is fighting to hold on, but there's a lot of teams going a lot of different ways. It's a crazy situation with this, this shakeup, but I mean, with the reports of the expanded playoffs, uh, I feel like, you know, the, the, the superior conferences are going to want the top teams in there so that they can have the top competition. So your strength of schedule is as high as possible. And, um, you know, obviously there's, there's opportunities for teams to lose playing against better competition, but the showcasing of talent and the recruiting aspects of this whole thing, it's like, you're going to play in one of the two, you know, premier conferences. They're going to be all over TV. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's it's made for made for TV, you know, football. It's 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 a it's a Oklahoma's gonna have to do something about their defense and Texas has to do something about their whole damn team <laughs> if they want to have any chance to compete in the SEC. So it's a good thing they have till 2025 to to build their, you know, well, at least Oklahoma built one half of the ball and Texas just built their whole team up. But I've heard those dates are flexible. They might be joining sooner. Oh, but they'd, because they'd have to pay 20, money to the Big Twelve. The, they'd have to buy. Twenty twenty five was when the the Big Twelve was uh, going to redo their media rights, and they said they weren't going to be joining the Big Twelve anymore. So, so I mean, twenty twenty five, they wouldn't have to pay anything to switch conferences. But I've heard that they want to push to make it happen sooner rather than later. And I think ESPN is happy because they just signed a three billion dollar exclusive contract starting in twenty twenty six. I think, or 2024, one of those two, where they're going to be uh, holding all SEC sports on their networks. So they have exclusive coverage of the SEC. They got the rights away from CBS? They got the rights away from CBS. Wow. Part of it is ESPN owns the SEC network. Okay. I thought that CBS, I actually thought that CBS owned that. That's, that's news to me, but 
Um, yeah, it's going to be weird not seeing SEC football on CBS on right? Saturdays. Like, the, Dude, that that's is like, what I, that's like that, a tradition, like any other, like the Masters. It's always a tradition it's like always no the other. Same. It's always, you know, and they have that, that's the same, like, uh, you know, little theme music before the games. But yeah, it's oh, going to oh, hold it's on. Can, be, I, can I try my leave, Schreiber? A tradition like no other. The SEC on CBS. It's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be really interesting, and then the expansion of the playoffs. I, I like it. I like it. It's you know, I feel like a lot. I mean, there's certainly the Big Twelve is going to hate it, but <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be good for college football. You're going to have better teams playing each other every week. Um, though definitely, there. I mean, this is going to like basically kill the out out of conference uh you know cupcake games if they do they're going to end up be playing notre dame because <laughs> notre dame's probably going to still want to stay independent so they can always get that at large bid um but yeah the at large a- bid isn't isn't what it was in the new playoff system that they're that they're proposing in the new in the new 12 team playoff that they're proposing still hasn't been voted on yet but the four, like the the four spots that get bye weeks, would go to conference champions of four of the big conferences, and then they would have, uh, like basically pigtails where everyone would go out and then have to play a game to play into one of the games against the four conferences. So Notre Dame said that they're comfortable playing it that way, but they, unless they join a conference, cannot get an at-large bid for a first round bye. Yeah, I mean, they already have – they have currently have the semi-alignment with the ACC. So if they were to join that conference, it would be them and them and Clemson pretty much. I mean, there's a few teams that – you know, Florida State, they've been pretty bad lately, but they're, you know, a big program. You know, you got a couple up-and-coming programs in the ACC, but they're overall – they're, you know, they're pretty top-heavy with Clemson. Um, I, I feel like – so from what I've heard, teams are trying to get Clemson and Florida State. I think it was the SEC that had tried to reach out to both of them, uh, Clemson and Florida State. But Clemson has no incentive to move because if they can roll through the ACC undefeated, then they've got one of the top four spots because they're undefeated in a major conference from even though it's a subpar conference. I feel like there's really no argument. Granted, Oklahoma and Texas have been down, but even as, as down teams, can you think of a better football conference? I mean, maybe the Big Ten once in a while, but the ACC is down, the PAC, however many is down, the Big 12 doesn't exist anymore. So I feel yeah. like I mean, a lot of people get upset that the SEC is so good, but look at all the top schools that are there. Well, I think that's, that's, the, that's the point. The SEC is trying to bring in you know the top teams, popular teams. Oklahoma and Texas are super popular teams, even outside of their own areas. Um, you know, the, the, the big 10 is going to follow suit. They're going to bring in, they're going to bring in the, the heavy hitters out of the, the pack 12, um, almost certainly, or at least a few of them, um, you know, and then you still have Notre Dame as an outlier. They could, they could, if they go to the big 10, you know, that, that, that brings them on too. I mean, then you've got another, another big, you know, powerhouse school in there. I mean, if they go with the ACC, then it's just them and Clemson fighting it out for the, you know, that, that bid every year. But- I feel like if UCLA, USC go to the big 10, 
that Notre Dame kind of has to because they have rivalry games with Michigan, Michigan State, and USC at that point. And most schools in the Big Ten don't have three rivals. So yeah. to, to have three rivalry <laughs> games like that, I feel like that is a, a big media draw. And let's face it, in if you're saying that you think that the conferences want the best teams, I don't think they necessarily want the best teams. I think they want the most money. And Texas has a lot of money that it brings with it. I'm not sure what's going to happen because it hasn't been announced yet, but Texas has their own channel. They have the Longhorn Network and supposedly it generates over a hundred million dollars a year. I think it was like 175 last time I looked. So I think they're just after the money. Well, and then Notre Dame has these. I'd love to have commission on those commercials. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Notre Dame has the exclusive contract with NBC sports. So they're getting a national audience every Saturday on, even when they're playing Navy, you know, you're still, they're still getting all that exposure. So, I mean, them aligning with a big con, you know, big conference, like the big 10, now you're going to get a chance to see them have to play Ohio state on national TV every, you know, depending the way that they they realign the conferences when they have added teams but you're right because then they're in their case they're going to have the natural rivalries that they've had in the past will stay plus you know you get like a Penn State added in there you know they'll play Wisconsin you know you get you get some new new games that you haven't seen in, in quite a while but um yeah it's good it's going to be interesting I'm I love college football you know Weekends is weekends is Saturdays college football. What's the game of the week, you know? And then Sunday it's you know what, what time are the Eagles playing? All right, what's the four o'clock? What's the eight o'clock game? <laughs> it's just football all weekend, so <clears throat> I can't get enough. And um, you know, I'm sure this is gonna this is gonna bring a whole, you know, this is gonna bring a whole new generation of college football fans too, you know, down the road because you're gonna have these super competitive games every week. Um, you know, Can I ask a semi-related question? No, but thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so as a, uh, I'll call myself now a former UFC fan because I haven't, I don't watch it religiously anymore. Uh, are you guys worried being college football fans that you're, what, what happened to me might happen to you and then your favorite sport gets put behind a paywall? Essentially two paywalls now for me, but because essentially they made they put the UFC on ESPN Plus, so you have to own ESPN Plus to watch any of the UFC stuff, and then to even buy a pay per view, you have to own ESPN Plus. So I'm just curious as to with uh, them owning now essentially the rights to the SEC, I wonder how much of that they'll put behind a paywall. Um. I think that's interesting. I don't think that they're going to be able to do that with the SEC. And part of that, I think, is this might come off as a little controversial, but I don't know that the South has enough money to be able to get around the paywall. So you want to alienate your biggest fans in the SEC and, and not let them watch the games. I think that that would be a mistake. Personally, I, I I have the the Hulu Disney Plus ESPN Plus package, so I it, it doesn't impact me at all. And Brandon, if you ever want a pay per view and you need a login, you can just have mine. Yeah, hit <laughs> me up. I've got it too, dude. <laughs> so I I don't think that there's gonna be a paywall for this. I feel like there was always a paywall for UFC because, I, like as long as I can remember, and this is just me being, I am a very novice when it comes to UFC coverage, so. 
I thought they always were pay-per-views. So just adding that extra layer. When it started back in the day, it was because um, like it wasn't legal in most states. So it was like legitimately (laughs) just like a pay-per-view that you had to buy, like a WrestleMania sort of deal. Okay. And I got into it because a good friend of mine, his dad would buy them for us if we did good on our report cards. So, yeah, so if we did good, then we got to watch guys beat the crap out of each other. Uh, But we (laughs) were always into, yeah, we were always into it because of all the different, like, you actually got to watch, like, sumo wrestlers take on boxers and stuff. And, like, as little kids, that was, like, the closest thing to, like, Street Fighter that you could ever get, like, in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So uh, that's what, like, really brought me, because it it was, like, a natural progression from, like, WWE to UFC. And then after that, like... So, yes, you are right. But at one point, it got on Fox. And then once it got on Fox, it was like, oh, man, they hoped it was going to blow up like football. But it didn't. And then when the Fox deal ran out, ESPN came along and were like, hey, we'll do it. But now, essentially, we're going to put it behind this double paywall. And I know I'm not the only person that kind of stopped watching at that point because it's just like – it's it's a lot to like there's so many pay-per-views now it's hard to like keep up with it just financially to try to like if you're just a fan of the sport like i used to listen to like podcasts back when podcasts were like brand new about ufc stuff all the time because they would like have guys that would actually go to the fight camps and stuff so it's like for me that was uh like a natural progression in my life because i enjoyed wrestling when i was a little kid so it was just like oh this is like adult wrestling (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting yeah yeah Uh, i think the ufc i think the ufc's made i mean they 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 definitely struck gold with the espn deal um you know and but you're not missing much if you're not. You know what, Terry? I really plays. wonder if, like, yes, they got paid, and the Fertitas who own the UFC sold it. They're gone now. They're, they have new owners now. <clears throat> so ultimately, yes, they did exactly what they wanted to do. They got a product that no one knew about. They blew it up, and then they sold it for a ton of money. That's mm-hmm. the American dream right there. Yeah. But <laughs> and. Out. In that step, now with it being behind two paywalls, they also have now taken it to where they took away all of the fighters' ability to have their own sponsors. Your sponsor is Reebok. You don't like that? Kiss my ass. Go fight somewhere else. And that's and you get what I say you get from Reebok. You don't get to like negotiate your own shit. Nothing like well, and and that their their pay their 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 wages. What they get paid for the fights um, that they, they don't. They don't make they don't really make a lot of money, you know, based on I mean, like I think you get like pay-per-view points if you're fighting in a pay-per-view. So you might make a little extra. If you're money. a really big name, if, you'll if get a portion of the yeah, pay-per-view. If you're like if you're headlining or you're co-headlining, like you're a co-main event, or like they have like they've had recently a couple of like three three title fight uh pay-per-views. So those those all those fighters are making a little more money. But everybody else is making the same, no matter no matter whether you're you know, you know, Joe Schmo that's like rank unranked or you're, you know, ranked fifth, but you're not fighting in, you know, a main event. So I, I do agree. And I, I don't like the way that it took, it took the, took a lot of the personalities, the fighters, the, you know, the, the, the ability for them to, you know, you know, kind of have their own style and stuff like that, I, that I don't like. So I, I do definitely agree with you on that. 
Yeah. So I feel like with you see it now a bit with like the NBA's adding logos to the jerseys. You see it more with the NHL's adding more and more advertisements to the jerseys. Like, I just wonder how long it'll be before that stuff really just impinges upon people's love of the game because it's just a constant advertisement in your face. It's like there has to be a... Go ahead. Uh, No, go ahead. I'll I'll wait. I was just saying there has to be a breaking point. Go ahead. So, I mean, look at... I don't don't really pay too much attention to soccer. I, I never have, but... I mean, their jerseys are essentially just advertisements. And and like, so is NASCAR. Do you think there's really a point that I, I hate it personally? Cause I, I, I grew up with plain jerseys just with logos, but I mean, everything about the way the world works, everyone wants every last penny that they can make. So they're going to end up selling more and more of the Jersey. Do you think there's really with a point in which that that people will start to get annoyed or do you think it'll be like soccer where everyone just accepts it for what it is and just continues watching i i personally think it's going to end up being like soccer you know i think the nba they have they have one logo on the on the jersey now or i'm sorry one advertisement on the jersey now um you know i know the nhl they were they were basically renting out ad space wherever they could because Mm -hmm. the nhl is 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 like the NHL is dying. Like they're, they're losing money. So, so much the pandemic really, really, really hurt them. They, um, they signed a deal with ESPN. So I'm curious if that's going to revitalize the league. Possibly. I mean, but you know, I noticed that because the, I remember watching the flyers and I'm like, what the hell is this thing that's on their helmet? And then I, mm-hmm. I texted a buddy of mine and he's like, dude, they're selling advertising space. Like they're hurting. And I was like, Are you kidding me? And, and okay, well, and then the NBA is doing it. So, I, I don't know if it'll cover the entire, you know, jersey the way that like a soccer jersey is, like where they have like multiple advertisements on it. But I, I could definitely see that being a possibility. The league that I think will be the last to fall will be the NFL, if at all. I think the owners will be very stringent upon not wanting to have anything other than their logo being the team logo on their, their uniforms, but it depends on the dollar dollar bill y'all. I, I disagree. I think that they're such greedy fucks I that agree. the only thing that they're going to care about is how big their bank account is. Now, wait, hold on. Think about this. When they sell, when they sell an overpriced NFL Jersey and it has, it's the authentic with the advertising on it that's going to be even more increased money that they're going to get from the advertisers because they're selling jerseys with advertisements built on it because you want to look just like the player that's on your team. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not either. <laughs> I, 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 haven't, I, haven't bought a, I haven't bought a jersey since I think Brian Dawkins was my last jersey, but that's a, that's a fucking good jersey. Yeah, that's a good jersey. <laughs> that, that is a solid jersey. And but, you know, I don't you know buy I mean? jerseys like, either. Ever. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> My last jersey that had a name on it uh, was Riley Cote. And I've, I've bought two of his jerseys, and I will still probably buy another one day because he was the flyer that got me into hockey. So watching him beat people's faces in on the ice was uh, what got me into hockey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, 
I, I'm going to need us to to start planning a trip to a, to a Buffalo game so I can get my rookie card and my jersey signed from Josh <laughs> Allen because I am going to Dude, all you're such out a fanboy. You want to take a you want to take a road trip to Buffalo? To you want to be a, better You think be he's going to be MVP Dude, now? Dude, come on, think about it. We could watch the crowd do stupid shit in the parking lot while they're tailgating. They I mean, literally could, jump off campers. <laughs> Onto tables. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot yeah, about that dumb true. stuff. We could, we, could, we could even join But in what are we going to wear, man? We can't wear our Eagles gear. You can't wear your Packers gear. I don't. Well, you could wear your Bills jersey now. What the hell Terry and I going to wear? <laughs> that, that sounds like a whole hell of a lot of not my problem. Yeah. I think I have an NBC Sports like NFL football jersey <laughs> somewhere or a hoodie. I'll the wear generic, that. The generic NFL shield shirt. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like we're in the background of Madden. I'll be like, what is football? <laughs> oh, man, you just reminded me of the longest yard. Will you teach me to football? <laughs> uh, wrapping up here because we're hitting towards the end of the show, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention a little bit of the baseball trade deadline because it is today and things have been a little crazy. Uh, I think the biggest news coming out of it is the uh, looks like the Nationals have left Juan Soto by himself. Going to be Mr. Lonesome Soto in the Nationals uh, uniform. He's going to be headed, uh, or not Juan Soto himself, but Max Scherzer and Trey Turner are going to be heading across the uh, United States. Terry, give me the deets on that deal. Do you have that there? We had Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers. In return, uh, the Nationals get a huge, apparently, according to ESPN, a huge prospect haul. So I'm assuming these are all pretty high-level players, but uh, right-handed pitcher Josiah Gray, catcher Kybert Ruiz, right-handed pitcher Gerardo Carrillo, and outfielder Donovan Casey. Gray and Ruiz were rated as ESPNs as the Dodgers' top two prospects in their minor league systems entering the the season. So a big Uh, haul of prospects. The other two, yeah, both of them were ranked within the top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball. Two of the four guys. And I think Paul brought up a really great point before we recorded tonight is that a lot of people feel that it might be possible that Scherzer is basically going to be a playoff rental and then from there maybe could go back to the Nationals. Is that right, Paul? Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people are thinking is that Scherzer – I mean, Scherzer was traded for and delivered for the Nats. I mean, he brought on two Cy Youngs, a World Series. I think he won a Golden Glove somewhere along the way too. So he's – really solid obviously everything that 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 i'm kind of hearing is that it's just a playoff rental he's gonna go try to win a world series and then he's slated to be a a free agent in the offseason and and it looks like he wants to go back to the nats after that so if you're the dodgers and you give up that haul and you basically maybe keep trey and that's it as long i guess if you feel like if you win a trophy it's worth it but if you don't do you feel like you lost out on this trade then I think the Dodgers think that they can keep Scherzer. Like like Mookie Betts. Yeah. Like it's, so it's like slated to be a rental, but I think that they think they can convince him to stay. Yeah, I mean they definitely convinced Mookie. I thought Mookie was gonna try to hit the market again and see what he could get money wise, but he he said he absolutely loved it there. So <clears throat> 
maybe they'll have the ability to do that for him as well. I mean, it's interesting now. I mean, they got pool hosts, right, uh, earlier in the year, and we were joking around that that was going to be a whole lot of nothing. And then uh, now we're bringing in Scherzer and Turner. And, I mean, earlier this morning I got done reading all these articles about how he's going to go to the Padres, and now all of a sudden it's, it's swapped up at the last minute, it seems. Yeah, I, I remember when you guys started talking about it right before we were recording. I was like, and you said the Dodgers was like, you mean the Padres? And then they're like, no, that changed. So, I mean, that that was a quick turnaround. And the Phillies also had a switcheroo played on them with uh, Tyler Anderson. Uh, he was supposed to be slated coming to the Phils for two prospects. But from my understanding, the medical staff from the Phillies and the Pirates had a bit of a disagreement as to the... Um, uh, the severity of an injury, to my understanding, the Phillies didn't think he had an injury at all from what the article stated, uh, but the Pirates felt like he did. So then the Pirates called up the Mariners and ended up taking a little bit of a lesser deal, but they went through with it almost immediately and didn't, because I guess, from my understanding, they quabbled with the Phillies for about four days as to who the other player was going to be rather than the injured party. And they couldn't come up with anybody, so they called the Mariners and ended up doing the deal with them instead. Mm. Makes me hate the Pirates even more now, because um, that would have that would have ensured that Vince Velasquez would not have been like with it. He would have maybe seen him every once in a while in like a long relief situation. But yeah, that sucks because the Phillies the Phillies could have definitely used a left handed pitcher. Um, but I I don't. I mean, I don't think they, they've made any moves up to this point that I've heard. I want to save Paul some pain, and we're not going to mention this other part because I, I love him, and I want to make sure he doesn't have to talk about it this week, maybe next week. <laughs> Did you see all the moves the Flyers have made? Like, it has been absolutely yeah. insane, man. Like, they brought in, uh, in the lesser notes, I saw that they got they brought in Keith Yandel, which I absolutely love for the defense because you got a guy that's uh, on the latter end that can bring it in and really help shore up things and kind of teach the right way to do things. But then finally we see Jakub Voracek headed out to the back to the Blue Jackets to uh, play out his career, bringing in Cam Atkinson. I think that'll be good. So from my understanding, Cam Atkinson is friends with Kevin Hayes. And uh, so I heard that was part of it as well. And then uh, I saw we brought in, uh, was it Ristolainen, uh, f- yeah, I, which is I, I think probably we got the least more- in that trade. You think, I think so? Gave, I think we gave up a little too much. I, I think I mean, we more got fleeced in the ghost trade. We literally got nothing back. We traded a second and a seventh <laughs> to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, but we cut him last year and he, he cleared waivers. Nobody wants that guy. It's a shame, <laughs> they, man. I don't I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, first of all, he's he's a he's a very small guy playing defense. And he had that one year where he caught fire. And then after that, everybody figured him out and he just couldn't play anymore. So but I, I really I mean, it's it's still going to take a lot for me to get back on the Flyers train here because they've been they had one year where they showed, you know, some promise. And then last year, that just absolute train wreck that happened. But I I feel like they they had to make all these moves to pick up. uh, Oh, and the Ryan Ellis move, too. Yes. Thank Uh, you. That's another another big pickup. They're definitely they wanted to rebuild their defense because uh, Carter Hart. It was, you know, up up until maybe like about 20 games into this season, everybody was like thinking, oh, the, you know, this guy's the goalie of the future. He, he looks like an absolute star. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, the defense is falling apart around him. He's letting in a lot of bad goals. You know, it, it, it seemed to really get uh, become a problem for him. So I think Chuck Fletcher said, you know what, we're just going to, we're just going to tear this up and we're going to, we're going to rebuild the defense around him so that that way he can get his confidence back next season. And then in the, you know, in the meantime, offload some, you know, contracts, get rid of Voracek, you know, um, Atkinson for Voracek is kind of fairly even trade um, I'm as cool far as their, their talent. He's a little, he's a little more consistent offensively, I think, than Voracek was. Um, Voracek's been here for 10 years. He never scored over 25 goals a season. Yeah, I'm I fine with it, it. I think it was, it was time for him to go. Um, you know, I was thinking that maybe, maybe a, a Drew move was going to happen, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe. I feel like I, this is the biggest culture <clears throat> shift you could have not getting rid of Drew. I, you want my honest opinion. I think at the trade deadline this season, if the Flyers aren't, you know, if they're like outside of the contention, he gets traded uh, to a contender and that'll be in the Drew for the Flyers. If they don't do well this year. Right. I mean, if they have a complete resurgence like they did two years ago where they came out of nowhere and all of a sudden were good. Um, what I heard was they overperformed in the bubble. Nobody saw that coming, and then they got full of themselves, and that's why they sucked so much last year. Well, they were hot before the bubble. Like, they were, they were, they were playing pretty well before uh, the pandemic shut everything down. But then when they got into the bubble, they definitely played pretty well. But this, I don't, I just, I just don't know what happened this, this past season. I mean, their defensive flaws definitely were, were glaring and it, it caused them to have concerns about Carter Hart. So I'm glad that they, they, they made a lot of changes because it was needed. I think there's a lot of people that were tired of the same old shit with the, uh, with the Flyers. Did the Blackhawks do anything, Paul? Yeah, they've actually done quite a bit. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, they they traded for Marc Andre Fleury from nice. Vegas. Wow. But but he's contemplating retiring because he said if he was traded from Vegas that he was going to be out. But Stan Bowman, the GM for the Blackhawks, has called him and don't know if it's going to happen. But from what I read, he was upset one that he got traded at all and two he was upset about the return they got a minor league forward for him and that was wow it. yeah how old is he now he's 36 but he's the reigning uh Vizina trophy winner so he he just won best goaltender in the league yeah and goalies so, can be a little older and still be good i mean look at brodor he was still good for fucking forever yeah until so. he was 65 and started going on <laughs> medicare yeah <laughs> I, I, I feel like uh i feel Does like russia have is... medicare no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Flurry is like just get him to the playoffs, and that guy turns into a completely different player. Yeah, I, I think that the Black unless Hawks he's are... playing the Flyers, and then we can get into his head. Sorry, that's, that's a dick move. <laughs> 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 um, I think the I think the Blackhawks are going all in on this year because they just traded for Seth Jones a few weeks ago, right right before the draft. Uh... Um, they gave up a pretty good haul for him, but they're expecting him. It looks like to be the new face of the franchise because. Taze and uh, Patrick Kane are up for new contracts and there's no news as to them keeping either one of them. And I, I think that's obviously a mistake. It, 
the the two people who were the face of the franchise i mean this god now we're gonna go back into baseball and you're gonna get me to the cubs you dick this is the <laughs> longest this is the greatest troll you have ever had because you didn't you tried to avoid it and by not avoiding it you got back there <laughs> but they're yes. doing exactly yes. <laughs> you're a fucking twat brandon <laughs> so on that note uh more bad news kyle schwarber has just been traded to the red sox wow what did are the nets having that bad of a season that they're just having a fire sale too because schwarbs was doing great for them this year yeah i mean but to go to the red sox is kind of lame uh for him anyway because i would <laughs> Talk imagine about the rich getting richer I I mean I did uh I I was sad to see him go from the Cubs in general. I didn't imagine that would be a guy that they're going to keep the hold on to for quite a long time to see him go to the Nationals in the first place, but then for him to be kind of like a rental player there. I do hope as a person that he can find a team that he can like stick on with for a little while. Um cuz I do think he's like genuinely a good dude. Yeah, I don't know. the Watching the Cubs be taken apart piece by piece since 2016 has has been difficult, and I mean, essentially, the the Hawks have done the same thing. They they uh, let Duncan Keith go this year. Um, it, it doesn't look like they're going to bring back um, Kane or Taze after their contracts expire. They got rid of Brandon Ladd, Brandon Sod, everybody who won a cup with them that mattered. So, I I think that. Marc-Andre Fleury, he's fantastic, as we all know, but hopefully the Cubs are, or not the Cubs, <laughs> got me all rattled. <laughs> hopefully the Blackhawks <laughs> are just going all in for one year to see if they can make one last stand before they, they get rid of everybody. I'm excited because, I mean, we're, we're right on the doorstep of football. We're uh, then going to hopefully lend into a different kind of rollover season for the Flyers and in the NHL. Uh, so we'll kind of see how things pan out here for us we're heading into some postseason baseball we're into the second half of the season so i uh for me it's it's the best time of the year that's coming up yeah but this is not the best time of the year the best not right now we're heading into baseball when baseball (laughs) is the only pro sport on that is the most depressing time of my year (laughs) <laughs> and like right now at least we have the olympics to kind of give us something nope, else to nope. watch for a week i'm out weeks <laughs> I, I normally i normally really like the olympics but I, I i haven't been following it this this time around it's it's something other than baseball that i can at, at least keep my attention for a few minutes but <laughs> yeah there's not a ton of olympic stuff that i'm really you know you know avidly watching but you know, definitely, I will watch the track stuff because I, I, I think that those guys are in, incredible, especially when you watch Usain Bolt just torching dudes. Do you think he's going to this year? I think, isn't he? Old? I don't know. We'll see. I think I think there's a there's a few guys they said that may have a chance to to maybe have an outside chance to beat him, but uh-huh. it's that we'll we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting. I, I'm glad that people are starting to kind of realize how little the athletes get out of participating in the Olympics, and hopefully that'll get the change in the near future, but doubtful. But 
Anyway, uh, I thank you guys for another great show. I always definitely appreciate the laughs. Uh, I always get comments about how loud that uh, other people hear me laughing when we record this. So <laughs> I always do appreciate uh, having a few more laughs added to my week for sure. So thank you guys for coming out as always. Make sure you guys hit like. Make sure you subscribe down below. I would be remiss to say that last week we did have our most watched viewed episode of any episode that we've ever done. So definitely thank you guys for helping to make that possible. Make sure you help us out. Hit that like button. Make sure you leave a comment. It really helps a lot with YouTube's algorithms, with them showing us to other people. So then that way we can not get shown to the same 200 people every week. So thank you guys so much for that. I do appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your night. Take it easy. It's my turn. It is, you told me it was my turn. You can talk all that you want hey, to, hey, yell and scream, I, okay, you're lost. it is my you're turn. You're lost again. Take as long as you want, you're still lost.